Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Alex King and Daniel Mangina. Today is Thursday, May the 7th, 2020, 4 p.m. New York time. Wherever you are in the world, thanks for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And uh, I'm happy to be back in after having had a wonderful time outside. I got to get out into the weather. It was great. I mean, it's not like the weather Daniel has in Mexico, but you know, here in New England, when the sun comes out, you have to take advantage, right, Alex? It's pretty awesome outside today. It is. Nothing to lie. I love it. Yeah. You know, I but mean, you know it's not what? the 80s, but, you know, what? Uh, I have, a, I have a, uh, an Olga who actually got a bit bored of it being sunny all the time. And really? yesterday was like, I want four seasons. I don't like sun all the time now. I want oh. some snow. I miss the rain. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, huh. what? we'll send some to you. You send some to us. We'll call it even. Yeah, well, I think it's probably just... Yeah. Have a full swap. <laughs> oh my gosh! I can well, understand, but still, yeah. That's... I don't understand. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. I hate the having but four seasons. Paradise, like what's wrong with paradise? I don't really get it. I hear you, but you come from a rainy, very rainy place. I come from a muggy, gloomy, rainy place. But she's from right. Russia. They they oh. come from Russia weather. Yeah, Russian weather. <laughs> well, that's where they have one season, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, why? What's wrong with paradise? Everyone has their own paradise. In fact, you know what? Maybe that's the topic for today. If someone hasn't picked it, mm. what is paradise to you? Well, I'll tell you what. That actually fits in with a topic I had in mind that you brought up on Facebook. I saw a post that you posted about how people get so focused on all this people's stuff rather than their on their own stuff oh yes oh, yes great topic i love that you brought that up okay. we do it all the time I, here on the show but we have you know we have special dispensation <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really really funny Walt, is that and, and this may or may not be a dungeon we'll see in a moment but, uh, <laughs> that was a, that was a flick over from my instagram and um I, I find it interesting sometimes i just wake up in the middle of the night and i just get an idea for something i'd love to share and I find the appropriate picture to match it or whatever. And sometimes I get a picture and it just speaks to me in a certain way and I want to share the message. But I literally had the, the thing of, I was thinking about the Kevin Hart um, thing is, let me explain. When he says, uh, my mama said to tell you. Yep. <laughs> my dog, God damn business. <laughs> and I was like, and I was thinking about here, minding your business. Like, how do I, and I just, I posted it randomly. I wasn't thinking about it. Mm. And people are really engaging me. They're like, yeah, I agree with you and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, I wasn't even thinking about that. And I had the same thing, here's the dungeon. And the same thing with a video that um, I did like in January. And when I first did the video, like maybe a couple hundred people watched it. It's like, oh, all right, cool. Nobody really cared about that. Mm. I was a bit hurt because I thought this is a really, this is a really <laughs> important message. And like, it's the world. This is going to be viral. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but a video that did nothing in January, this week, suddenly like another thousand people have watched it. Ooh. Wow. Randomly. I didn't promote mm. it. Nothing. People just suddenly, oh my God, this is really pertinent. I was like, oh, why didn't you think that in January? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that post, that post, and it's interesting again, it's finding more resonance and track here with you and consider it for a topic, but it's amazing Here's the point that the dungeon refers to. It's amazing where the magic or the spark is that we didn't even see. Like yeah. I wasn't even considering that was a like, yeah, whatever, just do a post mm -hmm. for the day. It's like, oh my god, you changed my world. Did that sound interesting? I, I gave up a long time ago on trying to make stuff. Well, first of all, I, I've, I have, since the pandemic, I've given up on trying to make things go viral. I've learned my lesson. Now I'm trying to make things be popular. I want to make sure I get my terminology right. But beyond that, I've gotten, I'm really bad at deciding what's going to do well. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just really, really bad at it, you know? So I gave up on that a long time ago, you know? Now, if it goes into a, a popular sphere, I say, oh, well, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I or you could just not care if it goes viral at all and just post it anyway. Well, Which yeah, I'm finding works. I mean, if I if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have a show. <laughs> <Yeah>. Touche. <laughs> 
I mean, when I started this thing, I had a grand total of zero listeners, you know, so. <laughs> T-J-A-F. Yeah, you have to start somewhere, that's all. But yeah, I loved what you wrote and I loved the idea of, because well, wait, I don't know that you really said it directly. I guess you kind of did. It was more about what happens when you focus your attention on other people's stuff. But what it really comes down to is it really does pay to pay attention to our own stuff and to do it oh, yeah. in a way that's constructive to ourselves. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I notice it myself, like when we're here talking on the show, we'll talk about something like, you know, uh, focusing on stuff, stuff you love and something really generic like that. And we'll go on about all the different ways people don't talk about uh, stuff that they love or they're focused on the wrong stuff or I've done stuff. For, and, and then I get away from the show. I say, well, wait a minute. When am I going to focus on the stuff that I love? I've been focused so much on all this other stuff. I'm not focusing on the stuff that I love. What's going on here? <laughs> so it's a good reminder. We really need to do that. This isn't just theory. You know, this right. is stuff we have to actually put into practice. Well, unless we like where we are. You know, if we like what we are, don't take, don't make a change. You're, you're, you're doing good, right? <laughs> actually, factually handle it practically. <gasps> Did you just improve on my thing? No, I added an annex. Your goodness can never be improved, Lady Alex. All right. All right. Oh, like scoring like points it. left yeah, and right. I know. <laughs> that was a three pointer. <laughs> He's a smooth I was, one, I was, that one. <laughs> I always wanted to get one in the basket. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> so, what is your paradise, Alex? Mm, what is my paradise? My bedroom is my paradise. It's my safe Beautiful. space. It's purple as heck. It's a, it's a little darker than this. Um, all the shades are always drawn. I have a uh, uh, purple blackout curtains, and Ooh. it's all yeah. I have a fifty by 60 inch TV. So yeah, it's a, it's a pretty sweet setup. Ooh, that sounds yeah. lovely. And I'm getting a new mattress today if UPS ever gets here. Nice. <laughs> Hopefully they make the correct turning combination. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> what about you, Mr. What, what's your paradise? Oh my, my paradise changes from day to day. But the one thing that I can point to is I have that little vision video that I created that I posted in the pivot palace group. Um, mm -hmm. and the third is that the one that you sent that. to me? What's that? Is that the one you sent to me of the walkthrough? Yeah, that's the same one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and the third part of that is uh, scenes from Hawaii. So that's my paradise, my optimal nice. paradise, which is kind of odd because I haven't been there yet, but it's just, it, it's kind of built up you in have, my mind. Just not physically. You've been there, just not physically. Right. Sure. Because I've been building it up in my mind over time mm -hmm. in a big way. I mean, Put it this way, if I get to Hawaii and it's not what I thought it was, I'm going to be shocked. <laughs> I have this really strong image going on in my mind about well, what Hawaii, Hawaii will always be what you think it is. It's just whether it's what you think consciously or unconsciously. All right, I was just going to say that. Whoa, Alex. I was. I really was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so learning. I'd love, <laughs> I'd love to hear from our live audience. What What are they saying? Why don't we, uh, our, guys, our you're watching live? They're, they're surprisingly quiet today, which is really, oh. yeah. I mean, they're just sitting oh. back and watching. So, mm -hmm. well, we'd love to hear what your paradise ing is. What's paradise to you guys? Is Nasha, it Jeffrey, Josephine calling you out? Is it, is it, <laughs> is it listening to LOA today on a beach somewhere with a pina colada? Oh, yep. I vote for that too. Like a creamy cocktail and you're more of a mojito or a tequila based <laughs> like a who knows? Perhaps it's a glass of something bubbly or not. Maybe mm. it's watching this in a snow cabin with some cocoa. Who knows? And Notice that I, uh, I uh, seeded everybody uh, watching LOA today or listening to LOA today. Yep. In your <laughs> paradise. You will be one of us. You will be one of us. <laughs> but I, I found in, in, in my journey, and what was really interesting, as I've had these conversations at home about... Um, basically leaving paradise and I found a lot of resistance to it. And I've been asking myself, what am I holding on to? Am I holding on to a vision of something? Mm -hmm. Am I holding on out of fear that something else won't be as good as this? I remember we were watching a documentary yesterday. I don't want us to get blocked or into trouble, but um, it's a really cool documentary. I'll send you the links afterwards. Mm -hmm. It's being deleted everywhere it goes. Ah, so it's been, uh, so it's yeah. controversial. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Yeah. But, um, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I don't want to be in America. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go to America anymore. But then I asked myself. Hey, if I wasn't from here, I wouldn't want to be here either, but I'm from here. So. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> if I was where you are, I'd stay put. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, happy wife, happy life and all of that. I was like, yeah. um, what am I actually holding on to? Or what am I running away from? Is it fear-led? Because if it's fear-led, then that same outcome is going to follow me anywhere I go. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So my paradise, is my paradise something I truly desire? Or is paradise an accumulation of fears that I'm running away from and other people's stories that I'm holding on to? Yeah. Well, let and me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Myself. Is where you are living right now, is that your paradise? You seem to be inferring that it is, but you're also kind of questioning it. it, it the thing is, I mean, when I, when I first moved here, I was in a situation whereby I'd been traveling all over the world. Yeah. Um, I've been to many places. And the only other place I'd felt this much at home was when I was in Asia. But that was a, a frightfully unpractical place to be at the time. So I just I, I ended a relationship. I was like, well, I've got the freedom to be anywhere. I was a happy. I was the happy hobo officially at that time. <laughs> my suitcase, travel bag and suit carrier. You know, everything else mm. was in storage. I'm just going around teaching my work and whatnot. And I thought, well, I could just sort of pop off to, to Asia, live in Bali or one of the islands. There's plenty of Wi-Fi. And I could just... Sorry. But I didn't because it wasn't practical for in-person stuff that I was, I was getting invited yeah. to. Otherwise, I would have been in Asia. wouldn't have met Olga. Um, I don't know if I would have met Steve. So it paid off. Not yeah, there's through. been many things that have, that have run off that timeline. But when I came here, I came down to Cabo for three days. Mm-hmm. That became 10. <laughs> and I was like, well, yes, yeah, going to stay, mate. That, that, that's a good <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just, in my knowing, knew. But then when you're in a situation where you're dealing with not just your desire, but, and this is why I asked everyone what their desires are, because I was, the next question was going to be, do the significant people in your life share that vision of paradise? It's an interesting that question. That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, I know Louise, like me, also wants to go to Hawaii, but I can't say that I know for sure that she considers it paradise. That's not necessarily okay. the same thing. There are a lot of places that we want to go visit. I don't want to live mm-hmm. there. I, don't, mm-hmm. I just want to go visit them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know which place she would consider to be paradise. I don't think we've had that conversation. I've got a conversation to have. And maybe, yeah. and maybe place doesn't even form a part of her vision of paradise. Because, for example, with me, mm-hmm. there are things that Olga loves to do mm-hmm. that I'm very happily engage in because mm-hmm. they've got nothing to do with my vision. It doesn't distract, distort, or pull away from my vision of paradise. Right. Mm-hmm. I do that she's like oh, I'll put up with it you know because it doesn't mm. infringe on her version of paradise her vision of, of paradise and then there'll be crossovers where they where things are met and so the question that was to go after asking that was well our vision of paradise does it have to be this complete vision that completely formulates what we want for our life as a whole or is paradise represented in one aspect of our life so for example Walt you went through to the house and the place mm-hmm. Alex you went to where I feel safe, where I feel comfortable, where I'm in my happy place. Yeah. I spoke about living in, in paradise, and I spoke about paradise in terms of a, a physical location. But for mm. some people, paradise is reading a good book. Yeah. Paradise is having a warm bath and a glass of champagne and some candles, and they can mm-hmm. do that anywhere in the world as long as they've got that. Yeah. I've but, said it many well, times. Paradise for me in that sense is doing LOA today. I mean, I love doing this. Exactly. Doing exactly. This. So, yeah, you know. How many of us, though, have actually sat down and examined our desires against this idea of paradise and then interrogated whether it really is something that we desire or whether it came from someone else mm-hmm. and asked if it matches the people, places and things that we've invited into our life so far? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting point, And I say it's interesting because I would say for the vast majority of my life, I was trying to live what somebody else thought was the ideal. It mm-hmm. wasn't until quite a bit later in life that I finally came to the realization that until I started paying attention to what it was I wanted and what it was I liked, I wasn't going to achieve any level of happiness. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started doing the podcast, literally. That, that was the dividing line right there. Mm-hmm. And once I, I started it and tried it and did it for a while and really liked it, I said, wow, this is following my own path. This is cool stuff. I like this. Mm-hmm. Why didn't I do this before? This is great. 
Mm-hmm. And because of you doing that and taking the action and going beyond the idea of nobody listening to you at the beginning, <laughs> now, now hundreds and one day thousands of people who watch this later down the line are going to have yeah. the opportunity to examine their own aspects in paradise. Right. Mm-hmm. So become a portal, a gateway to people examining their life and perhaps making one small shift towards that. Because like Tony Robbins says, we only need a two degree. So two degree shift in the flight path of a plane leaving London takes it to a completely different direction. True. Mm. So making that small shift, and that's where the concept of micro shift really came from when I heard those words from Tony, is that that tiny shift is all that's required to create a seismic shift as long as we maintain that trajectory. Mm-hmm. That's that really um, reassuring too, because so often, I'm, and I'm going to, it's, it's going to sound like I'm disparaging Alex. I'm not disparaging Alex here. I think that she's doing exactly what she needs to be doing. Uh, but so often we, it, it, it's very easy to be afraid to move out of that comfort zone and it really doesn't take all that much. Like you said, it takes two degrees. It, it takes one degree. A half a degree will do it. They'll still mm-hmm. get you into a different place. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it doesn't take a whole lot. So apparently it's not something we have to be afraid of. It's apparently it can actually be something we can embrace. We mm-hmm. can actually have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So, you know, now we've dug into this a little bit more. Here becomes the, the, the interesting question. How do we know that that vision of paradise is our own and not been fed to us by someone else? I guess I'm pretty sure mine is my own. (laughs) What was that? Sorry, Alex. I said, I'm pretty sure mine is my own because of of how I got here to this point, knowing, dealing with, okay, I have to assimilate to a certain, to be a a certain type of person and act a certain type of way because of what society says. And then once I came to the realization that I can be my own person and do what I want to do, that is where I am now. And that is what, where my paradise is knowing that I'm okay as I am. So you, you've actually gone through the process of almost seeing what it was like to try and do things the way other people did. Yep. It. And mm-hmm. like, you know, screw you, Monty. I'm doing my own thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you were saying what? Uh, I was just asking, why would I question it? I mean, th- mm. when you raised the question, I said to myself, Really? Is that a question I should raise? I, it had never occurred to me that it might be an issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we look at the, if we look at the fact that, generally speaking, even the lens through which we see our world and choose what's going to be our paradise or not is a matter of our programs. And our programs, generally speaking, if undisrupted, were given to us between the ages of zero and seven. Ninety-five percent of the time, we're running on programs that we didn't create wholly ourselves. Seventy percent of our unconscious programs, on average, were fed to us. Only thirty percent of that. And so, how do we know? that the foundations of our idea of paradise form part of the 70 and not the 30. Trial and error. And my exactly. response is, why does it matter? I mean, it, what really matters from my perspective is, am I enjoying it? Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it. I don't care if it came from my parents, my third grade teacher, or my, my friend from college. I don't care where it came from. And I know a lot of the time it's coming from me because I am inventing a lot of my own reality. But where does it come from is not really the more important question. More important question is how do I feel about it? Got you. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that, and that for me, I think, is a very powerful, um, a very powerful place for us to start dis- dis- disseminating, working through our ideas about what we're going to keep and what we're not going to keep. Because uh-huh. at the end of the day, what we keep or don't keep comes down to us looking at our realities we're witnessing and seeing what is what feels good. But how many of us actually sit still long enough to actually ask ourselves, does this feel good or not? Versus just running on the program that this is what I do. For a lot of the people that are struggling very much in the corona time right now, I think I said it here on this show, the reason why they're struggling is because they, fa- they face a situation where they realize, I, I'm not in a time of uncertainty. I'm in a time when the fact that I've never been certain because I've never been choosing is being revealed. And mm-hmm. in that vacuum, people are turning to alcoholism and they're turning to other pursuits and whatnot because now they're like oh crap oh crap i need to escape i need to escape and running off and escaping versus wow this is an opportunity mm-hmm. let me sit with this in the silence and ask okay so i see that's not mine maybe i do need to look at what my options are to look, change my career maybe i take this time to get some new skills maybe i look to see if there's any opportunities for, for me to start my own business or to create some passive income to give me space to have some time to think about what i want because mm-hmm. not everybody's going to come out of this knowing what they want, but a good many people may come out of this with the opportunity to actually be on the road to deciding 
what they truly want instead of rushing. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm 36. So, I mean, I spent, uh, I spent the better life of my life, my adult life conscious, but let's say that I hadn't done, then at least since the age UK, you finished school really generally at 21, if you went to university, I would have spent 15 years hardwiring in, playing out patterns that resulted from me being in patterns because it would have been from education, which mm-hmm. is somebody else's pattern. And my degree would have been chosen from what I did at college. And that would have been done based on how I did at school or what society said that I should have done. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm playing out these patterns. So if I wake up this morning, finally having broken against uh, the quarantining for what for, or whatnot, and said, oh my goodness, I really don't actually like being a lawyer. I spent all these years learning to be a lawyer. And now that I'm not doing it every day, I've got time to listen. And I'm not crying because I'm not full of desire to go back and get in the courtroom. Actually, I'm really loving being at home with my kids. And mm-hmm. I know society says that as a man, I should be out earning my earning dough. But I actually just want to be at home with the kids, making the breakfast and playing with them on the swings. Mm-hmm. That makes mm-hmm. my heart feel. I've got, uh, you asked about um, live stream comments. I've got a few of them from Josephine, so I wanted to share them. First of all, she says, cool. to you, Daniel, she says, just like the, ma- the, the Matrix, Daniel, just like the Matrix. And she follows up by saying, I actually watched the first Matrix the other day and loved it. And then she goes off on a, a dangen. She says, <laughs> by the way, happy birthday week, Walt. And Daniel and Alex, when are your birthdays? So I can wish you happy birthdays when they come. So you might want to transmit when you get a chance. That's so nice and thoughtful. Lovely. And then she says, Daniel and Alex, what are your thoughts on scripting? Scripting? Scripting. Scripting, meaning? I've got different no. ideas of scripting in my head. Same. Yeah, it open. You get to define it whatever way you want. Okay. Okay. So, Alex? Well, first, I want to say my birthday is October 17th. I am a Libra. Me and Daniel are the same age, apparently. <laughs> Very cool. And let me see. Scripting. I... Now I'm I'm assuming she's means scripting as in like how it's it's something that I do I try not to control it but it happens if I'm like about to go to sleep and my mind is racing and then I start playing out how the next day is gonna go mm-hmm. I play out the conversations that are gonna happen and and like for instance I'll be like okay today's topic's gonna be and Walt's gonna say and Daniel's gonna say and yes I hear it in your voices too in my head so <laughs> that's just that's what I think is scripting and um, I don't know I. It's a blessing and a curse, I guess, because I want to go to sleep, but it helps me plan out my day. I want to go to sleep. But... <laughs> <laughs> it, you, make, it comforts me to know that I'm like knowing that I'm in some sort of control of what's going to happen the next day. Hmm. Okay. Any thoughts on scripting, Daniel? Well, um, so I've got a whole part of my work called Creating Your Ideal Life script and blueprint and scripting as i talk about when i'm teaching people is treating your life like a movie and basically writing the script for the next day having the plot synopsis which is your macro intention and recognizing that you are the author and creator you're the director and all of the players are going to be responding to you it's like an improv so it's more mm-hmm. like a, a kirby enthusiasm and everyone's bouncing off of you what you do energetically right so in reality, trans- in reality transurfing, which is a modality that I'm training in, there are very specific references to a script. And the script is almost your unconscious programs is one aspect of the script that we're running on. Um, the, the, the energy of reality and the momentum of reality as it's unfolding is another part of the, part of the script concept. And so what we're doing with reality transurfing is we're taking back dominion over the script by running the sides of the next scene in advance there's a specific process to visualization in that modality but we're creating the next script and basically intercepting the slide and moving on and create creating a new script so for me scripting is the idea of being very deliberate in what the movie of our our life looks like and owning that creative power to decide at least from a improv play perspective what the scenery is who the actors are and how I show up because everyone's going to respond to that anyway. So I can't say what they're going to say. I can't say how they're going to say it. I don't know what clothes they're going to be wearing. I don't know if they're going to be wearing any clothes, but I do know <laughs> I set the scene, right? I set the, the plot at least for, for the scene. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, the rules of reality are everybody responding exactly as a shadow and mirror or reflection of how I show up in the scene. 
Mm-hmm. Although I can't dictate or choose how they show up in that scene. Okay. okay. That's an interesting approach. I hadn't heard that one before, but that that's an interesting you approach. And it leaves a lot of nice leeway. No, I we never heard you say that before. Not that one. No. You 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 you've kind of hinted at that with some of the things you talked about, but you've never spelled mm-hmm. it out quite that way before. Yeah. Oh, that be six thousand dollars, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously. <laughs> no, so but but honestly, so a lot of my work is is um giving people the power of beyond intention. I see Alex just went to zoned off to do the transfer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I disappeared because I was never here. <laughs> Can't owe so, you money if I never heard you. Good <laughs> intention is, is giving us the power to choose what those aspects of the script are and to choose how we show up and then allowing reality, the universe to, to bounce around that. So I, I can disrupt in the short term whatever script I was in yesterday, uh, scene I was in yesterday and set up a new scene. I can choose, I can have the power to choose who the actors are in my scene and choose to fire someone if someone sneaks onto the set because they mm-hmm. married from yesterday. That's the power to do that. But most importantly, and this is where the alchemic life creation piece comes, which is the next level on from beyond intention, choosing how I show up as a vibrational frequency and trusting and allowing that that will naturally evolve the perfect play out of that scene in my life. Mm. So... I like the way you frame it, but you also leave leeway. You're basically leeway. saying to the universe or, or spirit or whatever, I just want to have an optimal result. I don't really care exactly how it plays out. Give me an optimal result. I like that. Yeah. Really mm-hmm. This yeah. is really funny, guys. Do you know what's so funny? I'm in a new timeline today, definitely. Because <laughs> realist chips. Because um, that Did is. Did you say the- realist chips? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Take, um, I'm taking that one too. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, read of the unicorns. So for me, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, I can be controversial sometimes. I've mm. got, you know, hashtag stop meditating. Yeah. <laughs> I've got it. But it's not because I'm telling you to stop meditating full stop and saying, yeah, meditate and then stop and go and do something. Right. Right. And so when it comes to the whole thing of me being about intention, 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 People that don't actually listen to everything I've got to say and just get caught up on the hook get upset because they think, well, what about co-creation and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Mm. I'm like, yeah, but you're not co-creating. You surrender to your unconscious programs. You have no conscious saying what you're creating. Mm-hmm. Uh, same way when people are like, well, I don't want to live in a, I'm choosing to live in the new earth where there is no money and we trade rainbows and, and unicorn farts. And I'm like, <laughs> cool. But the only way that <laughs> delicate yeah, unicorn land. Really I'm going to be rich in unicorn farts. That's all <laughs> because uh, here's the thing: because I'm I'm about to do a special announcement because I had a download that took me two hours to process or three hours to process the other night um, about micro to millions. And um, one of the things I'm 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 going to be sharing with people is this idea that well, hang on a minute. You want to live in a different dimension, but right now you're hearing my words, which means that we're in the same dimension right now. Mm-hmm. And in this dimension that we're both occupying, at least this strand of our consciousness, in this strand, money is a collective agreement that we're all subscribed to. Why? Because it's an agreement <laughs> on this plane of reality. So I'm not saying that you can't be in another dimension where, you know, unicorn farts and rainbows and what we pay for things we have what we use as a medium of exchange but you are not going to be able to transcend this dimension onto that one whilst you're still surrendering your power to create to other people places and things mm-hmm. if you seize back that power and get your dominion then you'll very much be able to be in any dimension that you want just like the mm-hmm. OA, the show that OA. did i did you watch it yet no nobody's seen it yet no? okay <laughs> I thought you said LOA for a second. I was like, what do you mean? We're on it right now. The OA. The OA. No, I have not. I was busy with upload. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, upload I'm going to get into, by the way. But what I'm saying is, is that once you understand the laws of the universe, you have a relationship with reality that recognizes the truth that everything's happening in the now, and you're able to exercise that, then you can be anywhere. But people that don't even have agency in their life to pay their bills. Mm-hmm. They don't have agency in their life to, to state 
with certainty and with creative authority the relationships that they're experiencing. They're still blaming their boss. Their mum's still to blame and Donald Trump is still a bad president. Mm. And it's everybody else's fault. I blame the Ku Klux Klan or whatever. As long as you're still doing that, then you have trapped yourself in this dimension. So forget about the rainbows and the fairy, the unicorn farts for a second. <laughs> Leave the fairy cakes and just deal with developing a level of agency here first. And once you have that, then you can transcend. Mm-hmm. And part and parcel of that is understanding that the actual transmutation of yourself from this dimension to another, and whatever form that will be, you probably don't have the resources to do that in and of yourself. It's going to be a higher level of you that's going to be making that transition. But there's a part of you that's involved in that dance too consciously at this dimension. So if we want to move in totality, we have to move as a whole. But mm. I can't leave any of me out if I want to move all of me somewhere else. Facts. I want my body to be somewhere else, but I spend all my time in the ethers meditating and don't spend any time actually having some agency and grounding here in three-dimensional reality. Then fair enough, go and have your rainbow farts in a dream. Lucid dream and enjoy the fairy farts. But it's not going to happen here in the three-dimensional world. You're going to come here and still hate your life. And that is a big core of my message. Co-creation is about you and the fullness of you that is expressed at a higher level, which is what the universe is as as far as I'm concerned, which is Mm -hmm. an expression of it. But I can't do that if I'm not involved in it consciously and physically here too. It must be grounded in order to be real. And let's define a term too, because you, you, now this is one you have used before, so you can't charge us for this one. But but the term agency, interesting term because it has, I mean, I can just tell it has a lot kind of tied into it. What does it mean to you when you use that word? So that's a phrase that my, uh, my Kundalini teacher, um, Sampriti Akal, it was, it was when I was doing my work with her more, more consistently that she gave me this, this idea and it's, being the boss of your own life. Mm. Mm. If I had, if I'm, if I'm demonstrating agency, then I'm going to go and get this done and I'm going to get it done. Yeah. No, I'm going to get it done. If this, and if that, and as long as Bernie Sanders gets in, in November or Joe Biden yeah. is, or as long as coronavirus is over, then I'll be able to do this. That's not agency. Right. Agency is, this is what I'm going to do. But agency also for me embodies accepting things as they are and doing the most I can without giving power to others with the circumstances as I agree to them right now. Mm-hmm. So for example, right now, if you're listening to this, then you're in the same dimension of us where COVID-19 is a real, right? So for a while I was working to a certain extent to kind of just slip out of this dimension into one where there's no COVID-19. But as I said, I made a few hiccups and shared a few jokes and gave into it a little bit. And now I'm in it. Okay. So I'm in it now. So now I can demonstrate agency to get out of it. And I can demonstrate agency in how I navigate my world with that as being the case. Mm-hmm. So for example, two days ago, there was a long queue at Costco, which doesn't really happen normally. Mm-hmm. I haven't experienced any of that stuff. I hear horror stories about it in England and horror stories in the US. And I saw that line. I was like, nope, I don't choose this reality. I walked away. I went home and I started running the script of the groceries mm-hmm. happening. And then guess what? I remember that I can get home delivered from another grocer and they deliver my groceries completely. Nice. And just sidestep that whole dance applied agency. Some people would have stood in the queue, spent the rest of the day arguing about it, been mm-hmm. upset. And guess what? Every other day after that, that energy that they'd given to it would have meant that there's a line there every day. Yep. It's funny. You mentioned today, this. no line at all. And describe this whole agency idea, and I love it. I love the way you're describing it. It's funny that, that you you say it though, because it really is ringing true for me where COVID is concerned. Because mm-hmm. I'm finding myself in a space where it's becoming increasingly difficult for me to talk to people outside of LOA circles about COVID and have myself understood. Like mm. the the frames of reference are so different between what I am feeling and imagining and seeing happening and what they're seeing that I, I kind of have to double check. Are, are we actually in the same reality? I'm not sure that we are. <laughs> and it's a little disconcerting. I'm trying to have a conversation with them. <laughs> but here's the thing. Well, we, we can't change someone else's. I mean, no. this level, right. and this is, when I say we can, what we can and can't do, and I want to, because there's some people out there that love to, that's not what you said. And I'm going to correct you based on what you said. And I'm applying <laughs> the Socrates, so- Socrates, Socratic whatever. I'm like, dude, let's calm down. I talked in simple terms. You've demonstrated why I need to talk in simple terms, but let's put it in another way. Um, <laughs> I love it. 
<laughs> but when I'm saying what you can and can't do, I'm talking about here at this level of density, at this level of consciousness. The less dense we become, the closer we get to source, the mm. more we're able to exercise our, our power to, to do things infinitely. True. But agreements exist that allow this universe to operate as it, as it does, means that at this level, for example, I can't fly here, but if I lucid dream, I can fly and experience exhilaration, the emotional mm. payoff, and all the excitement of flying. So I can fly, but there are ch- limits on how. Yeah. I can, fly, or I can go on a plane, for example. So we can't change people we can't change people's relationship to reality. Right. Mm-hmm. We can't. I had this with a client of mine. She's going through something with her other half. And she's like, she, it, she, she's like, I, it finally, I finally got what you were saying, Dan. It's not my problem. I can't mm-hmm. do anything about that. Yeah. Right. But there's a level to it because you can at another level, mm-hmm. but physically you can't. So right. trying to change as Dr. Joe would say matter to matter here in three dimensional reality doesn't work. But if you change your vibration, change of frequency mm-hmm. then it will change because you're no longer going to be a match for that circumstance and so actually the frustration of and i'm not saying you are frustrated or pushing against it but if someone is in a situation where nobody understands me blah 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 blah, well let go of the need for it to be understood change your frequency and you're no longer going to match people that don't understand you or even mm-hmm. the, the care and concern about whether they do or not regardless your reality experience is going to be different at the end of the no, yeah, I if you just keep doing you, everything, everybody around you will adjust to your situation. It's yeah. exactly what I did with Kenny in this whole COVID thing. And like, I kept telling you guys how he's like fear smoking in the basement and watching the news and coming upstairs and telling me all about it. And I'm like, no, I don't want to hear it. I don't care. Keep your crankiness in the basement. And eventually I haven't heard anything about the news in like a week and a half. Whoa. So it works. Very he nice. Knows it's going to land flat if you start talking to me about it. So just don't even bother. Don't waste your breath. And I don't even think he's watched the news because now I go downstairs and change the channel. Well, that's cool. That's a cool yeah. part. <laughs> like, like Daniel was saying, you really have no control over what somebody else does, but you do have some mm-hmm. influence just because of who you are. Right. Because right. Of, you know, what you're doing and how you're thinking and how you're talking, especially for those who have not really learned yet that they are in control of their own lives. Mm. Yeah. So they're going to be mm-hmm. more subject to it. They're going to be more influenced by you just because you yeah. are who you are. Yeah. <laughs> Not because you're a manipulator or anything like that, just because of who you are. Yeah. And I think we can even run back to, um, I think it was Josephine. Was it Josephine? Josephine. We're looking at Josephine's comments earlier. Right. You know, again, the other improv characters are responding exactly to how you're showing up. Mm-hmm. The second that you change the pace, they change the pace too. If you start mm-hmm. laughing, they're going to start laughing too. If you start crying, they're going to start crying too. If you're fearful of crying, they're going to start crying too because they're not responding to what you do. They're responding to who you are. Mm-hmm. Automatically responding to who you are. So I can say, I can, what I do, what does it, was it, as I say, what we do doesn't matter as much in the creative process as who we are. Mm-hmm. So people that are approaching something with positive action, but doing it with misaligned energy, which is why with the global meditation stuff, I didn't get into it. Why? Mm-hmm. Like I said, if you were doing global meditations every day last year, I'd be like, yeah, that looks cool. I'd be, I'd be on it. I would have been doing it from last year. I'm a ambassador for a global meditation movement. I, I lead these global meditations. I do them. But... If we're talking about someone that's, oh, I have to do something about this. I have to do something about my fear. Then you're acting from a place of fear. Mm-hmm. And then your thing's going to be polluted with the energy of fear anyway. It's not going to have the intended effect. Because it's not the meditation. It's the energy within which I'm doing the meditating that's creating or having making an imprint on my world. So if I'm doing that from fear, what I'm doing is more deeply energizing the energy of fear in my life. Mm-hmm. I got a, another question from Jeffrey this time in the live stream, and it's one I actually want to answer too, but I want to hear you guys answer it to, as well. He says, mm-hmm. has anybody gotten to the point where they are appreciating the virus? Oh. <laughs> Alex is raising both hands. Both hands, all the hands, everybody's hands, Rusty's hands. <laughs> okay, you go first. You, you, you got your hands up first, so go ahead. I am appreciating this virus because it is bringing me and my family members closer together 
making my fiance realize he doesn't need to be outside all the time, <laughs> you know, and, and, um, also this, uh, stimulus came as a blessing has helped started to pay for this wedding. Um, him not having to go to work every day is, is also a blessing with his more quality time at home and, you know, being able to financially be able to be home is, is a blessing. So I am grateful for this quarantine slash COVID-19. And I agree. And I, I'll go on a, a few more levels. I mean, this virus, this pandemic so-called mm-hmm. is, I'm already seeing it happen. I've been saying all along it was going to happen and, and others here on the show have been saying it as well. Huge, huge shifts are coming out of this. Huge mm-hmm. paradigm shifts are coming out of this. And I'm already seeing it. I'm, I'll give you one small example that just happened in the news. I think it was last mm-hmm. night. Um, Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York gave his, I think it's a daily briefing he does. I don't pay attention to it, but I happened to catch this one because of the, the headline caught my attention. Apparently, mm-hmm. according to the latest statistics on the latest people who have um, been admitted to hospitals with the COVID virus, Something like 18% were people who were nursing homes, 2% were homeless, 2% were people who were essential workers, 66% were people who stayed at home. Damn. <laughs> now, now that flies in the face of all of the advice they've been giving because these yeah. people mm-hmm. apparently did what they were supposed to do. Now, Cuomo, of course, couldn't leave it there because that would be too embarrassing. So he just, you know, he spun it around to, well, it'll keep social distancing, keep wearing the, the mask, keep quarantine and keep doing all the stuff. We've been giving you all the tools to survive. And he never actually addressed, well, why is it that 66% who stayed home got sick? Um, now, this is 66% of the people who got admitted, not the whole population, right? It's just yeah, right, right, right. got admitted. But nevertheless, it's an interesting um, transition. There's a shift that happened there. And we don't know mm-hmm. yet what the reason for that shift is. Uh, mm-hmm. But clearly, what was being sent as the main storyline is not matching the reality. So the, so the storyline is going to shift in some way. And I can't mm-hmm. tell you how it's going to shift, but it's going to shift. That's a small example. Much bigger examples are, I'm starting to see it happen in big ways. Um, the statistics themselves, I've talked about this with my sister-in-law, Yona, and with Billy on Monday, how the statistics aren't even trustworthy. I mean, I asked Yona point blank. She's a, she has a doctorate in statistics, right? So mm-hmm. I figured she's the right person to ask about this. Um, and I love the answer she gives me on statistics, so that's why I always like to ask her. But <laughs> I asked her point blank. Okay, we've seen the statistics that are out there about how many people have gotten sick in various countries and how many people have died and, you know, how many tests have been taken and so forth. What do you think, are we going to get to the point where we can actually draw some conclusions from those statistics? And she said, no, never. And I said, mm. why not? She said, because of the way they're collected, there's no uniformity of data collection, which is essential to good statistics gathering. Mm-hmm. Well, so basically, we can't trust any numbers that are being presented to us. Did, did well, any of you find the, the the thing about Imperial College versus Oxford with the? Oh yeah, sure. Did you, you found the data? Uh, I didn't find the data for it itself. If, if that's what you're asking, no, I didn't. I didn't go looking for that data yet. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, in fact, I kind of gave up on it when I found out how the data was being collected in general. Just to give you an example, um, I. I had a conversation on Facebook with um, sort of a distant friend who lives in Ontario, Canada. Mm. And he was very concerned about some, I think it was an argument he was having with somebody over some article that somebody had written. Um, And it was about the the statistical data in Ontario. So I actually, I was was trying to answer a question for him. He was trying to resolve something. So I was trying to help him out. So I went off to Ontario's website and found the document that they give to doctors to file the report on COVID. Mm-hmm. And the options that they were given included cases where they don't have a clear lab report, but the patient either has a temperature of at least 100.4 degrees or has a persistent cough. If they fit either of those criteria, they are probable COVID. Well. God, I mean, almost anybody who goes into a doctor's office is going to fit that criteria. <laughs> Pretty much, and, so everybody's got it. And, so. and in America, it's even it's even scarier mm. because what's his name, Anthony Fauci, whoever the guy that's always on the thing with Dr. Oh, Fauci, yeah, don't get right. started on Fauci. Yeah. With, with him, he was like the 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 he did, they gave everyone. There's been a few doctors complaining on online about this. Videos consistently being taken down. That mm. um. 
if it fits this, this, and this, put it as COVID. Yeah. And then what's actually happening is if people unfortunately transition and COVID's on there, then the cost, the money that they're being given by the government through Medicaid and Medicare is like 13000 And if they're on a ventilator, it's like 40000 or 30 thousand dollars that they mm. get. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, number one, time like this, I wish I was in the medical industry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the business, no, the, honestly, the, the capitalist pig inside of me, like, yeah, that was a misvote. Um, yeah. But then after that, it's like, wow. Well, there's da- da- data coming out that the ventilator is not only not helping, but exacerbating and making mm-hmm. it worse. Mm-hmm. It. The face masks, every single data I've independently researched into that, all the information is that they don't only don't help, they make it worse. And they actually means that I was watching another thing uh, and said, well, if you think about it, nobody's being exposed to any germs at all, okay. even friendly germs. So mm. even when COVID is gone, everyone's immune systems are going to be compromised because they've not right. had any culture and bacteria. They're washing right. their hands 20 times a day. We're covering our face masks. We're, we're not breathing in anything. Mm. It's like those babies that when the mums sort of protect them from everything and they end up being sickly because they've had an opportunity to engage with, with germs. The good germs, yeah. It's like, that's just one big mess. And this is one of the reasons why I was like to Olga, yeah, I want to live in America. <laughs> <laughs> there are other places with four seasons yeah. well i have to i have to take credit this is actually a walt gent because i i started this statistic thing trying to address another thing and it kind of went off in its own direction so i'm going to try to pull it back <laughs> as statistics do as they do very very often and point out I, w- I was talking about paradigm shifts mm-hmm. and this is an example of a paradigm shift because one of the things that our society has less rested on has built its foundation on is the statistical foundation and as mm. we discover that the statistical foundation that we're basing this entire handling of the pandemic on is untrustworthy that leads to a shift in how we handle whatever the next thing is that comes along the line we mm. have to think about it differently because the old way of thinking about it actually was counterproductive Mm-hmm. So there's another example of paradigm shift. I've seen so many of them. We talked on Tuesday about economics, right? And I was sharing that I had some things that were going on in my mind. I've made a little more progress in my own thinking. And I've realized that what we are in right now is a new realm because it is a an oversupply realm. For the first time in history, we have so much supply of everything. And it's just being continuously produced. We have a, a tremendous supply of services. We have more services and more people can use. There are people who have created services out there that you haven't even heard of. I promise you, there are just so many of them out there, you know? And, and when you have an oversupply, I mean, traditional supply and demand tells us, well, when there's an oversupply, the price has to, to drop because there isn't enough demand to fill it, mm-hmm. which terrifies economists because you can't have prices dropping because in, in their view, that's recession or depression. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I look at it, I say to myself, no. That's abundance. Mm. That is abundance. And we're just beginning to break into this abundance. I mean, because it's not like the creation is going to stop in two years. <laughs> it's right, going to right. accelerate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just going to, I don't care what happens with the monetary system. I don't care what happens with the economy. It's going to accelerate. Mm-hmm. You can't stop it. There's so much momentum behind it. Well, that's a paradigm shift too. If all of a sudden all the old rules of economics are overruled by the fact that there's so much supply, you got to change the way you think about this stuff. Otherwise, you're going to be right. that dinosaur smoking the cigarette. I mean, it's just going to be that bad. I think for me, the 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 the, the benefits of of this current situation sit on that. I mean, people talk about oh, financial situation. Well, it's just talk about something real real numbers COVID-19 doesn't mean there's less money in circulation actually there's more money in circulation there's trillions more because the US and other places are generating more money in order to plug the gap the gap when there's a recession it's not because there's less money it's because people aren't using that money mm-hmm. to buy things right. so the money's still there maybe it moves to another country or moves into a different form the things that people buy might change, but people are still going to buy things. And the money that doesn't go into buying things is going to go into something else. 
So there isn't less, there's more. And actually what ends up happening is there's more money and more opportunities because fortunes are built in downturns. Markets are always cyclical. Whenever there's a downturn, there's an opportunity. So things go on sale. So people's maybe paper wealth, right, drops because share prices will collapse. But that means that the company, which will still have the same assets, has the same real-term value. So someone can come and get that, get that a song. Generally, what we'll find is maybe inflated prices will have to tank a little bit. So, you know, if someone's not producing anything and they've been running on rumors and stories and their price is inflated, maybe that's going to contract to some extent. But there are real asset businesses that are going to have the opportunity. For me, this is an example of natural selection in nature, which doesn't sound nice and people don't like the idea of it, but it's something that naturally occurs in nature, natural selection. And I think economically, there's going to be an aspect of natural selection. But most importantly, there's going to be a lot of opportunity because things will be cheaper. Mm-hmm. Some people may lose, but really it just means that they need to pivot. And it's an opportunity to expand and trim some fat. But at the end of the day, it's this idea that there is less that pushes people to make choices that create a more apparent reality of less and hoard and keep and save, which doesn't help anyone. Actually behaving more abundantly, still spending, still going out and creating, coming with new ideas is the only way to solve this. Tightening your purse strings and saving and scrimping, it doesn't help. Not in the long run. It, it, it's a short-term strategy that I'm using right now, just because mm-hmm. right now cash is valuable and will be mm-hmm. until we come through this period. But mm-hmm. it's not a long-term value to just hang on and scrimp and save because all you end up with is scrimping and saving. That's well, your if vibration. It's raining, if it's raining, wear your raincoat, but don't yeah. wear it in the fear. Exactly. Right? So I've been buying, I bought another load of gold yesterday. Right? Mm-hmm. I've been upping my cryptocurrency purchases. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not doing that from fear. I'm doing a sensible thing, but not in a space of fear. I'm doing it because it's a sensible thing to Which do. It's the backdrop of the collective <laughs> agreement. Yeah. Very, very big difference. You saying, well, I need to make sure I've got enough cash in the house to make sure that Louise and I are fed and things are taken care of and blah, blah, blah. That's being sensible. <laughs> the, the danger is when we do it from a place of fear because that fearful energy is going to create fearful results. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Or as Jeff, Jeffrey said it really well, he says, we can spin our wheels round and round. The biggest question is, are you happy? Regardless of what is happening now, are you happy? Yes. yes. I, mean, I would, I would add a sentence to that. Are you happy? And what are you doing with that happiness? Yeah. Because mm. that drives the whole thing right there. Exactly. And it's so nice that it's so easy. I had a conversation, mm-hmm. another conversation with a guy online. This is somebody I've seen before, but I don't really know him. And he posted something to the effect that um, you want to pay attention to what your thoughts are so that if you have a thought that's counterproductive, you can change your thought. My response to him was, that's far too much work. I pay attention to my feelings. It's so much easier to monitor. And then if I don't like the feeling, I just look for a better feeling thought. Mm. He kind of resisted that a little bit, but he kind of agreed with it. (laughs) It was funny. But um, it was a reminder to me as I was posting it, all I got to do is pay attention to how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. It's not like I have to monitor a whole bunch of stuff. It's not like I have to do all, all the, these back, backstands and handstands and backflips and so forth, trying to get myself into a place where I am going to be manifesting what I want. All I got to do is focus on what I'm feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One test. That's it. One test. Me, I mean, that, for me, that's the top of the flow funnel anyway. Because we have crimes of passion because our feelings, our emotional state can override what's going on in the brain. It can shift the chemistry of the brain. Mm-hmm. It's the same way that our belief system can shift our perception of reality. So if we're looking at a, a hierarchy of stack, like emotional state, that those feelings will win because that is the closest physical experience that we have to vibration, to, to source mm-hmm. for us. Because then you start moving into, um, into the realm of time and beyond. But in terms of our relationship to the ether, sorry, I've got two four-year-olds playing next door. Um, <laughs> Ariana's friend is over from downstairs. So, um, <laughs> We've heard worse. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag working from home. <laughs> Hashtag small humans. So that is, that is the first point of contact. Our first point of contact with physical reality is our emotional state. So if we've got that handled and we're picking that emotion, then that's going to have an effect on our, mind, our brain chemistry, which, which can shift our thought quality. Mm-hmm. Get someone that's got 
a chemical imbalance happening in their brain as a result of their emotional state to think straight. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Get someone who's been an emotional, a downward emotional state to think a happy thought. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. Thinking a happy thought in order to trigger a happy emotional state will then create a positive loop that will change the chemistry. Mm -hmm. But if I haven't changed the, if I haven't changed the emotional state, then I'm not going to be able to align myself with that, with that. And then I'm not going to be able to make choices from that place because we can only make choices from where we are emotionally because that actually affects our chemistry and what's going on in the brain. Yeah, that's true. By the way, you also said something earlier that I wanted to kind of tie back to because you, in, in the course of how you were explaining stuff, you pointed out that it's possible that because of monetary exp- expansion, uh, prices could go up. And on the other hand, because of supply expansion, prices could go down. Well, they could go up, they could go down. They, they could do any of that. They could be somewhere in between. And the cool part is you don't care. It doesn't matter. No. There's no. no difference whatsoever. Because I have agency. I have agency. Yeah. But regardless of how it shows up, I have certainty, not even confidence or faith. I have certainty in my capacity to act from an expansive I have certainty that regardless of what comes up, I'll be able to take a pause and make a what I want, mm-hmm. choose my emotional state, choose my thought quality, and make choices from that place that mean that I will always manifest my highest and greatest good because I will be lying to it. I'm just like, not my price, not my problem. Like, I just <laughs> don't sweat it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just don't pay attention to it because I, it's just, it's too much stress. I, I get enough stress as it is. I don't need to add to it. So I just brush it off. It's either out tomorrow Alex's problem or it's not my problem at all. Wow. By the way, I have to apologize to the listeners because my computer went kind of crazy for a minute there. So what you guys said kind of blipped out. So apologize to listeners. Oh. Kind of, <laughs> I know it was good because you guys were laughing, but I'm afraid we didn't hear that part. So sorry about that. Live on YouTube. They still did live on YouTube. Well, I, That's I true. YouTube should be able to pick that up properly. So you're right. Yes. The Zoom right. is not going to do it well, but, okay. but, but the YouTube, well, yeah, it should. No, Zoom's still recording. Zoom is recording, but it's, it's recording locally. I've got recording locally, so it's going to be affected by that. But it shouldn't be affected on YouTube. You're right about that because uh, the feed's going to be independent. Um, there. Gotcha. Yeah. Got it. Technology is so much. Fun. Well, all I was saying. Is <laughs> anyway, before agency. we go, so on, when you've got agency. Oh, go ahead. No, finish up. No, no, I'm just saying when you've got agency, everything can be good. Facts. Oh yeah. Facts. No doubt about that. And including in what's good is becoming a subscriber to the podcast if you're not yet subscribed. By the way, we're getting a nice surge in numbers in the last few days. Now, part of that is because I am doing some promotion, but we're getting like mm-hmm. 50% surge in some of the numbers. So it's it's pretty encouraging right now. Wow. Um, and I want people who are listening to us to take advantage and become subscribers if they're not yet subscribed. Really easy to do. Go to the homepage of our website, LOAToday.net, and you'll find instructions there at the top of the page. And then like Daniel was saying, we also live stream and record to YouTube while we're doing the recordings. Alex, how do they subscribe on YouTube? What you want to do is go to YouTube, search LOA Today podcast videos. And once you see my lovely hair and our smiling faces, you want to (laughs) click down below to the red subscribe button. Next to the red subscribe button, there's a little silver bell. Make sure you click that bell and click all so you will always be notified when we are live. And the only sad thing is that the, the users on YouTube can only see the main screen. They can't see the three little screens we see up on top. So they're completely missing Dan doing the sign language at, on the top the way they should have been. Isn't there a way we can set that up? Because I've seen Zoom podcasts that have all three squares at the well, same time. We, we can switch yeah, over. A live stream or recording. Uh, you can, either way, I think. I'm not sure. I haven't tested this, but there, I mean, there is the setting that we yeah. can use on Zoom where we can change it to, you know, multi-screen showing at once. And I think, think that's what they're probably yeah. doing. Yeah. We can yeah. Do that. That's what I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe we'll Daniel won't be able to get away with muting himself and dancing. <laughs> I will find another way, AKA turning my camera off. Damn it. He's on to us. Run. Agency. Agency. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you have agency. You have total control. Yeah. You are in total Well, I'm going to have agency and talk about this with Walt at when you're not here. And that way we can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, so what we're going to do is. <laughs> well, you're reverse, you're reverse green screened. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened oh my there. God. Everything went crazy, <laughs> you know. His, I, his shirt is out, of, is out of this world. Every, everything is just crazy. So, you know, that is amazing. I, I think what's happened is, 
is that the universe has said it's time to finish the show. So we're going to be <laughs> yeah. time to finish the show. All right. Yeah. We, we, so take, thank you. we take our from a higher power. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you for all the insights. Thank you, live streamers. Thank you, especially podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.